Welcome to Visibility Era, the podcast. We've created a community of business owners with a spiritual backbone who know that they are here to make an impact and be seen on top tier media, create relationships with high profile experts and speak on massive stages. And let's be honest, more exposure equals more money. And we are so here for that too. We're Bridget and Lydia, time to step into your Visibility Era. Co-founder Lydia here popping in to share some super exciting news for this holiday season. We are doing a massive deal on our course, Find Your Irresistible, where it's going to be on sale for $4.97 until the end of this holiday season. As many of you know, I'm a publicist in addition to a co-founder at Visibility on Purpose and something that is really important to feel good in before getting to media exposure, visibility, is to really make sure that your brand feels on point. So if you're excited for 2024, but you feel like your brand or your messaging needs a little bit of an update, this course is for you. It's a self-paced course where we teach you how to create a standout brand and truly become the niche in your industry. We focus on the foundations, brand authenticity, personality, positioning, and messaging. These are all the pieces necessary and needed to create a super unique and irresistible brand. So when you're ready for the next level visibility, you're going to feel so incredibly good in your business and your brand. Make sure to hop on this deal today. Hello world. Welcome to another awesome episode of Visibility Era. It's your host Bridget Cisco and Lydia Bagarosa, and we are here with a dear friend. Hello Gabby Barrero. How are you? Hello Bridget Aileen Cisco. I'm well. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. This one's fun because Gabby and I grew up together. So all three of us are from New Jersey. And Lydia and I always joke that we always like brand position New Jersey as like this great place close to the city, close to Philadelphia, the beach, like all of that. Um, But you and I literally know each other from growing up. And we've not only like grown up together, but we've also like entered this entrepreneurial world at the same time and our communities have blended like I've gotten to collaborate with you in so many different ways you're a masterful community builder you're the founder of the next generation network and how about you do a little introduction like what's what's going on in Gabby world yes I am on a mission I love analytics I love research like I'm very analytical thinker as much as I'm creative so recently I've been on a mission of finding as many community owners event hosts and event planners that I know of so that we can ensure that all events have an accurate speaker lineup that is a accurate depiction of the audience that is coming to that event so that way everything that they're being told can actually hit them for the level of life or the things that they've experienced. Because in my work of community building and consulting and helping business owners build business, I realized that it is so nuanced that no entrepreneur can really get the same advice twice. Something that might've worked for Tony Robbins might work for you for 30 minutes. It might not work for you for the long term. And I'm more focused on ensuring long term growth than short term sprints. So that's one of my favorite things to do right now is look at the percentage rate of what ethnicity and what socioeconomic background is represented in these speakers and ensuring that the event hosts understand that it is their responsibility to pick speakers that can actually speak to their audience. 
and not just speak at their audience. We were just have to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were literally just talking about this before you came on and what we think visibility on purpose is doing is really thinking about long-term. I think there's a lot of short-term wins that happen in this industry and sure it's fine for the short term, but like, are we really building businesses to last us one year? And then we're like, wait, what are we doing? So I love, gosh, I love that you're doing that. Can we um start at like the very beginning? Like, how did you even get into this space? Because before you hopped on, Bridget and I were discussing how you have such a gift in connecting. And we're like, how does somebody get there? Like, is this something you realized? Is this something that you worked up towards? Yeah. Tell us everything. Yeah. I like to say that it's a product of my upbringing. So whenever anyone is like, how did you do this? I I like to say like, you literally would have to have had grown up with me. And <laughs> I know that I, Alex Hermosi, you know, I love some of his TikTok clips. And he recently said that like, here's the three traits for like successful leaders or successful um, anyone in success. A majority of it is enduring trauma, enduring pain, enduring struggle. And so now I think I'm very lucky and fortunate because I didn't always have to directly endure this. But my dad grew up in Colombia and he came here when he was eight. He was raised by his grandmother, my mamita. He wasn't raised by his parents. And so he grew up in poverty in Colombia and then in Brooklyn, he grew up in poverty, sleeping on dirt floors, sleeping on a bed, not knowing when the next meal was, barely having enough money each week. And now here I am, right? So it was a, my life was very interesting because my dad was able to give us, me and my older sister, and I have two younger siblings, but give us everything that he never had. And in that, in his growth journey as well, it meant that we had to pay for it in, in different ways. So we paid for it through hearing his struggles and what he went through. And, but then we also paid for it, you know, by being able to grow up with his family. So we spent a lot of time growing up in Bayonne, New Jersey in the weekends, where I spent time with my mamita, my great grandma, until she passed when I was 13. <clears throat> and all my Colombian family. And then we also spent a lot of time with my mom, my mom, who, of course, she grew up in Minnesota. Her dad has a PhD. He's a physicist, my grandfather, and my grandmother's a nurse and dog grew up in Minnesota with homes, with food on the table, with everything provided for. So you grow up in the middle. That's where I like to say that I grew up walking this fine line of my dad experiencing poverty and generational trauma and such. And then my mom really always having everything that she needed. And so you grow up in that middle where you're like, there's not enough money. No, but there is enough money. Um, you know, People can be kind. Oh, well, people have been really mean too. So I think my parents really gave me a roundabout way to learn that you might see someone for who they are. So I have cousins that live in beautiful homes in Minnesota and I have family in Bayonne and in and, and Columbia that lives in very small homes or multifamily homes. And so you learn to never judge a person for what they have, but to choose to judge a person for who they perceive you to be. And that family is so important, but especially in Hispanic culture, family isn't always everyone that shares your last name. You know, my dad was raised by his grandmother who then hit my dad grew up with all his cousins. He lived in a home with his like four other cousins. They don't have the same last name. My dad's like one of the only ones with his last name, but he created his family and he created what he wanted to be and who he wanted to be around. So 
then I played soccer and then I played sports, but I learned that your family is something that you create. Your family isn't always something that you have at home. And sometimes you get to create that and that gets to be magical if you want it to be. So I think what I ended up doing <clears throat> through playing soccer and cheerleading and volleyball and basketball is finding different members of my family that I now, now, I now call my biz fam. Like they're part of my biz fam, small biz fam, like regular biz fam. Everywhere I go, every state I go to, every event that I go to, like I find someone who I feel like we've known each other for for lifetimes. Um, and I think that's so beautiful. I feel like we're like the Justice League of amazing leaders that all have different niches and different amazing qualities and traits. And we all also hold each other accountable and responsible. We grow together and we learn together the highs and the lows. And I don't think I could ask for anything better to, to do in this lifetime than to help others see that I know that your family might not be what you thought it was going to be, but like, let's build it. Let's build one together. Like you can be a part of our family. Like I it's, it's okay. You always have a place where you belong. I remember, um, I think we all went to the same gym at one point and your dad would always like come up and just like strike up a conversation. <laughs> and like, I'm saying that because you know, you are definitely the result of your upbringing. Like you're that person who would just, you know, in any event, like strike up a conversation, ask good questions and really care about what someone has to say. So I'm curious for you, like you might not have noticed that you were doing these things in conversation or networking, but do you have any tips on how to, you know, build relationships or how to grow your community? Maybe if people are like nervous and like scared and socially awkward or whatever it might be. Yes. I like to say that the best thing you could possibly do is actually get to know the person in front of you and actually understand what they've been through. Like, Hey, what has your life been like? Do you have any kids? Like asking actual questions of people. When I was in college, I would actually do like round robins of people. And I was kind of known for this where I would literally, and this, this sounds so crazy guys. Okay. So I've done like really cringy things. It'd be like round robin, like what's the, what's the most traumatic thing you've ever been through? Like that's how deep I am as like an Aquarius or I don't know what it is or who I just am. I just don't like surface level. So if you're like, okay, I want to go out there and I want to get to know new people. Find whoever's energy just kind of draws you in. Sometimes it's not the best, so stay away if you can tell maybe it wasn't a great energy pulling you in. But if you feel drawn to someone, like ask them like, hey, I love your top or like, hey, I love your makeup. I love to give compliments that are like actually genuine. I'm not trying to fish for anything, but also like let's follow each other on Instagram, on LinkedIn. And then normally whenever I get to that, <clears throat> if I'm on LinkedIn, sometimes we have mutuals. And then I can strike up like, oh my God, you know, so-and-so, like, how do we know each other? And if it's on Instagram, we might have mutual, but they might also have just done a photo shoot that I think is really cool, right? Like who just did that photo shoot for you? I'm actually looking for a new brand photographer or like, you know, introduce yourself some, to someone, but then get some meaty info to pull up their website, their Instagram, their LinkedIn, and start to get to know who they are. Like, how are they presenting themselves? Those are some of my like the easiest tips. Cause it's one of the easiest things that you can do any event that I go to, I'm asking for their LinkedIn or their Instagram. Mm. They always have one or the other. I love this. I feel like you are doing like what, what we're moving into, which is a new way of business. I think a lot of us kind of, especially with like the pandemic and everything kind of became like solopreneur, you're doing it on your own. And even if you are a solopreneur, it doesn't mean you can't make connection. And like you said, that like business family. So I have a question for you. And we were talking about this before you hopped on and just like 
opportunities in general. Were there any surprise opportunities that happened to you because you're such a big connector? Like if people are coming to you for so many different things, like what ended up happening in your life where you're like, oh, this is a surprise. And it actually was awesome. I think that my life has changed drastically because of me being so open. <clears throat> and Alex Ramosi also in his video described three things. I love Alex. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love, like, I love a lot of his recent stuff that I've been seeing too, like very like vulnerable and stuff. He said there's three different kinds and I'm sure there's plenty others, but three different kinds of a key people when networking, givers, takers, and matchers. <clears throat> and I know Bridget is the one who gifted me with a copy of the go-giver, but I am very much a giver and givers you can get taken advantage of, but you also can be like blessed abundantly just because you're ready to give. So I've gotten like a plethora of things, whether it's facials and massages and speaking opportunities and free hotel rooms and invites to things that I literally would have never had access to these rooms otherwise. Now, I've also learned that not every invite into a room is a room that you should necessarily be in mm. because I'm first generation on my dad's side and I grew up in Roxbury, New Jersey, and I'm mixed. <clears throat> I never really knew which room I wanted to be in. So when I was younger, I'm 28 now, I would say like when I was like 23, 24, 25, I would get very like angsty, like, oh, we need to go into that room and like knock that door down and get a seat at the table. And I've now realized that there are some rooms that I have no interest, like even being near the door because they're not conversations I want to be in. There's not people that I want to be in. So as much as the opportunities that I've gotten, I'll get opportunities now for free stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. And I now, it's so interesting because I now I'm just like, oh, well, thank you so much for that. But I actually don't need that. And there's no need to like over consume and almost become like gluttonous in a way with some of the opportunities that you could, you could have, but they're not for you. So I like to, if I, if someone offers that to me, I like to say like, is that a valid offer for my community? Like, could I actually instead share this with my community? Because I'm sure I know someone who would be able to take advantage of this and would need this more than I have. But it changed my life in terms of like retreats that I've been allowed to go to that have expanded my mind in so many ways. Speaking opportunities like Ati Grinspun allowing me to speak at her event in September in Vegas, which absolutely changed me. Keisha Zulo, which allowed me to speak at WIB back in 2021 now, I think it was, which absolutely changed me. I think people giving me the opportunity to practice what I preach on stages and in front of large audiences has helped me become who I am today so much faster than like working one-on-one -on -one or like having a group program could have. Mm. I'm also <clears throat> hearing like the word discernment. It's like one, when you are more visible and you are known for something and you're giving value, just like, you know, you do, you then are getting these opportunities, which is amazing. But then you have to start choosing, like, is this right and true for me? So it sounds like you're always thinking about, like, could I give this to my community? Are there any other, uh, like, benchmarks that you have, a value system of, like, you know, what's a yes to say yes to and what's, like, not for me? Yes, it, it's now the point where if it's not going to be, and this is going to sound really weird sometimes, but I'm not interested in going to an event that's not being marketed properly that doesn't have an accurate speaker lineup of thing of uh, if I don't believe in it like 
no offense to anyone, right? But if this is a, a, a conference, a summit where you say all women are welcome, all women are going to learn something here, but then the entire lineup is like 10 Caucasian women, I really struggle to understand how all women are welcome if they're not represented in the leadership that they see. So some opportunities like that, if I'll get a free ticket to things, I'll say no, because I actually would rather be in rooms where there are multiple minds from multiple backgrounds. It's not to say that that won't be present there, but I love to see accurate representation, uh, representation of diversity, especially if we're talking about being in New Jersey. Like New Jersey is so diverse. It is so easy to find amazing speakers that can speak to different populations. And so I think that that's a very important benchmark for me now is how diverse is this? The women that com are coming um, you know, where are they? What what level of business are they? Because if it's a bunch of people that don't really know if they want to be in business, mm -hmm. I'm not really interested in being there anymore. Like they have to be business owners, if not like at like six months to 10 years, like you have to be a business owner, but also you have to have invested. Like I love to go to events where women are flying to go to those events. Like these women are invested. Yeah. Now, if I try to refer anyone to these women and they didn't invest anything to go to the events, why, you know, oftentimes they won't invest in, in those in my network. And so when women have come to places and paid and put money on the table and had skin in the game, now they're ready to invest in other opportunities. So I can say someone's name, I can say a program and they'll actually take it like, oh yeah, no, 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 I'm actually going to go do that. And it's, and it's so like, it's so, so much easier. So, so I think it's like pricing goes into it for me. What's the price of this event? How well is it marketed? How well is it going to be marketed afterwards? Is it going to happen again? You know, can I see any videos of it? So if no one's taking content at the event, who knows that I even went there? Like, I think that it's very important for content creation purposes. Like I'm, I love Instagram. So I always just try to be very mindful of how much investment they're putting into like the actual operations of the event, not just throwing a Facebook ad or Instagram ad and calling it a day. Like how much work are you putting into this so that it can happen next year, so that it can happen in two years? And could I put someone on the speaker table? Like, could I, you know, like, could I help you next year? Like, could I help you pick speakers? Like, could I help you source speakers? So I kind of try to like feel it out to see the diversity, age range, like some of those components to go to the event. Yeah, which, um, thank you for sharing all of that. That's so helpful for everybody. And what's coming to mind for me is like, what are the things that we can measure that would create a quote unquote, like successful or like worth it event? Because we're talking about in this conversation, just like longevity of your business and what's really going to move the needle and like new ways of doing things. So when we're like moving into the idea of either hosting or going to an event, what are those things where it's like, oh, they have, they've checked my boxes. And I think that this will be worth it for me. Yeah, normally it has to have a presence on socials, like across LinkedIn and Instagram. Mm -hmm. I want this to be something that a wide array of women have seen and are able to go to. I enjoy it when people say like, oh, it's just like my core tribe. Like they come out to every event. 
it's awesome. But I also like to know that like you're getting a new mm. inflow, like inflow of women each time that you're doing something. And it's not just the same women because sometimes that gives weird energy between who the leader is. You know, it's like, well, why aren't new people joining? Um, so I think more so if you're going to be doing an event in 2023 into 2024, you I'm going to need to see like a, a diverse speaker lineup, but also diversity in pricing where you can get sponsor packages that can help you give away tickets. So, you know, networking with aligned sponsors, yeah, get your breakfast sponsor, get your media sponsor, but also get a sponsor who's like a like a goodwill sponsor, like a, a um, local nonprofit that you can sponsor with and then give some of these tickets back. I always love like a mission, like knowing what your mission is because anyone can put one event together, but like we need to have a great mission to have ongoing events. And I'm trying to think like what else? What I have a else question about be? that one. Um, obviously we introduced you as like founder of Next Generation Network, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but mm-hmm. we didn't mention that you've also hosted your own events. And this is something I've always you know, admired you for is your ability to think into the realms of sponsorships and different ways that you can, number one, get other businesses on board and have their, you know, companies shown to the, all the attendees, but also offset some of the cost of, you know, what you're doing. So if you want to talk a little bit about like that process and what it looks like, I'm sure we have so many listeners who are like, wait, event, and I can get a sponsor. What does that look like? Yeah. I mean, you can get your event fully sponsored. Like there are so many different ways, but you need to have a, a mission. B, you need to know exactly the, the women that are coming, what they're mm-hmm. looking for. You need to know your audience really well. And also C, you need to know your sponsors really well. So any sponsors that I've had before, I like, I don't even care what their position and title is. I'm getting to know who they are, what their journey looks like and what they need. Most importantly, like I need to know what you need because then anyone can get a sponsor once you want to get repeat sponsors. And the way to get repeat sponsors is to actually treat them like they're humans. Mm -hmm. Some people get sponsors, say, here's your table, here's your stuff, pack it up. Thank you so much. Like they just paid you a thousand, five, $10,000. Why are you treating them like this? And then you're going to be surprised. A lot of people don't ask their sponsors what they want. And I always say like, how can we directly benefit you? Like, what can this bring you, Mm -hmm. bring to you? So if we're talking banks, we're talking new bank accounts. We're talking opening new, um, right? Like opening loans, um, going through them with some of their programming. So if you are having an entire audience that already has all their bank accounts ready and they don't want to switch over, why are you going to allow a sponsor be a banking sponsor knowing that you can't deliver on them? So I think there's sometimes when you need to have your own level of like attunement mm-hmm. and honesty of like, hey, you know what? That doesn't match. But all of our women do. I know that they will be interested in getting loans. So let's make sure we sell to that. Like, right, you're going to bring all of your loan information and you're actually going to speak on a panel and talk to loans. But you want to make sure that you're treating your sponsors the right way. Your sponsors can be food sponsors, which are essentially just like in-kind donations from Mm -hmm. local delis or grocery stores or whatever it might be, which is much easier if you're a nonprofit than a regular. If you're a regular LLC, you know, S-Corp, whatever it is, it's sometimes a little hard to get like food sponsors, but you're going to want to go into who you know who you know, and then get ready to build, like get ready to build out a relationship for like three months to three years to get sponsors in the door. So if your event is next month, the sponsors are probably like sponsors might be a no-go. You can try. Okay. But it's too, too little lead time. If you have an event that's in three months, 
like we're kind of difficult here, but you need to have your eye on sponsors and then ongoing for like at like six months to a year before the event that you're going to be having. It's not to say it's not impossible to get them a month before, but it's like you're putting yourself through a lot of anxiety when you could have just done it earlier. I love to do spreadsheets of like strategic alignment. So who strategically based on the event you have, what are, right? Like almost like, yeah, right. Like what are the angles that we have here and how can we pitch to these angles to directly fulfill their needs? So that's what I do. So that's why I work alongside like event hosts and event planners. And I just tweak, like sometimes it's like, like you were looking here, but I need you to, sir, I need you to look at it from this angle. And then it opens up like a world of possibilities that they were like, oh my God, I'd never thought of it that way. It's like, yeah, well, her grandma owned a small business. Like, like you have to tie into what you know about the people, not just, I know you work here. How much can you give me? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not how relationships work. And if someone approached me that way, I never, re- like, I'm not going to be reacting well to that. Like, why are you trying to use me? No, let's build a relationship together. The same thing goes for sponsors. Um, <laughs> This is just like, well, okay. First of all, this is what I love about understanding how to pitch yourself. Cause the same idea, just as you said, like understanding what is the value that you bring, understanding what is, what is that entity, that company, what would they see value in? And then finding that crossover point. So like, yes, love that. Um, and I love that you mentioned that, but number two is like more of a personal question. I used to use like my notion like I used to use Notion, have like a relationship manager where anytime I'd have conversations with people, I would like write some notes down. And I used to do this when I was at Yelp too. Like they were like, take notes when you have conversations so you can, you know, come up with topics and like remember what you talked about. So do you use any sort of like database system? Is it random notes everywhere? Like how do you remember these conversations that you're having and like what people want? So it's so interesting because although I use Dubsado and like Dubsado tracks everything, I, I just have like, I remember those kind of things like that for me, I always, for some weird reason was always like, yeah, but don't you remember her dad's a contractor and her mom's like, her mom bakes pies. Like, don't you remember her saying that? Yeah. Right. Only because of the nuanced conversations that I have with people that let me get to that deep of a level. So whenever I meet someone and I know them, like I normally know a lot about them in a little bit of time. And my brain just loves those facts. Like my brain loves those things. Like what do your parents do? Like in, in high school, in middle school, I used to like guess people's mom's names. Like, I'd be like, let me guess your mom's name. Let me guess your grandma's name. Like just wait. I'm very odd. And I think it helps me in these scenarios because then I ask weird questions. And then not only do I remember them, but then they remember me. They might not remember our whole conversation, but they're like, oh my God, that was fun. She was so funny. Or like, I had a lot of fun chatting with her. Yeah, like that was a great interaction. Let's chat with her again. But I use Dipsado. And then I don't know why for a lot of the times, I just, when you show me someone's name, and and I've networked with them. I always remember things about them, but I also like, I mean, I guess I do semi take notes, but it's mainly like just from whatever conversation we have. Cause whenever I network with someone, I always deliver on whatever help they need. So I send an email to them with like, here's our notes. Like here's the resources that we talked about. Here's the intros that I want to make for you. And so I think that that helps me get to know them even more. And, and then that's how it works. Like that's how it, it's like an ongoing. So I would put mine in a, in Asana or Dubsado, but a lot of mine is just like my mind can just remember those things because I love those little things about people. There's also <laughs> like little tricks too. Like we, um, Bridget 
hosted an event that Jim Quick was um, on, like a panel. And he's like the brain guy. He's, he talks about like how to remember things and how to read faster and all of that stuff. But I remember when I was first going to networking events, somebody told me like, make sure to repeat their name right away when you speak to them, that will help you remember. And I love that you said like at the beginning of the conversation that you like to ask those deeper questions because when you have a real connection with somebody or a real conversation, you never forget anything. Yes. Especially yeah. if you find out like their mom's unwell or like their grandmother recently passed. Like it's such deep things that it's like, you can't forget it. And it's so it's, I think like just stop having surface level conversations because you can't remember anyone that way. Like, right. you know, pick a few people and get to know them really well. Like that will benefit you much more than knowing 20 people semi okay, but not remembering their names. Mm. You know, it's, um, you made me think of something that you've done in your networking groups before that I have like loved and absolutely introduced beyond you all, you would start some sort of like exercise with the call me when, I don't know if you came up with that mm. or like, if you learned that somewhere, but yeah, maybe explain what that is and how people can like utilize that when they are connecting with each other. Yeah. So I actually learned that one from Carly Storm a while back. She, I believe her and some of the groups that she used to do back in the day would start off with the call me wins. So yes, I like to do untraditional questions when it comes to networking intros. And so call me when you know that, right, like you're ready to expand and get your next speaking opportunity. So that way, instead of it's just like, hey, I'm Gabby, I'm the founder of the Next Generation Network, and I have an upcoming event. It, it actually details people like very well when you use an exercise like that. I also like to like in different networking calls, I like to say like, what can we celebrate with you? Like give us a recent win that you're really happy about because normally it ties back to their business. And if it doesn't, and it ties back to personal even better because then people can relate to you on such a deeper level than just this like extrinsic business goal, right? Of like, I hit a 10K this. And everyone's like, I roll. But <laughs> if they're like, you know what I mean? Like, and this is niche because I'm a mom of 2.5 of like my, my bed, my bed. What am I saying? My child went to bed in their own bed last night. And everyone's like, go <laughs> oh, Christine like whoever it is like my child is reading and you're like yeah we go around the corner babe so I think that like sharing things about you and, and we should never be afraid to show up in networking events and share things about ourselves I was very apprehensive doing that when I started um business and I think that's something you and I talked about Bridget way back in the day was that the traditional avenues of networking just were not for us and like different chambers of commerce and different places here where it was great and they meant well, but I used to have to go into those networking rooms and like, it felt like I was being interviewed and I didn't want to feel like I was being interviewed. Like I'm working for myself. And by that point, when I started my business, we had already owned the vault for like four years, like a very successful brick and mortar vocal recording studio, which is already niche enough. And it's like, you're getting questioned like, well, what is that? And it's like, okay, see, I'm not here to tell you what this is. I'm here to say what we both do. Like, let's not waste time here just because you're 65 years old and don't know what vocal recording is doesn't mean that I'm going to spend 40 minutes of this whole networking chat when I'm out without my two kids to talk about vocal recording when that's not even like, what the business is. And I think that's so important. Like if you feel like you're not able to show up as yourself in networking events and networking rooms, 
get to like leave that room ASAP. It's not changing anytime soon. Go somewhere mm. new where you're appreciated and seen for who you truly are. Gosh, I love that so much. And I love that you brought up the Chamber of Commerce. I So I moved to Florida about a year and a half ago. And when I moved down here, I was so eager to like make some connections with local entrepreneurs. I didn't know what to do. You know, this is post like 2020 COVID era and like whatever. And also my town that I'm from in New Jersey doesn't really have a lot of entrepreneurs, but there's a ton in South Florida. Like it is there's no income tax. There's like, everyone's an entrepreneur. So I went to the Chamber <laughs> of Commerce and everybody came up to me and they were just like, what do you do? And they were just wasting my time. Like <laughs> there was this one person that talked to me about insurance on a home for like 30 minutes. I You're like, I don't up. own a home, bro. I tried to get away. I really did. So <laughs> when we're in a, I know. So when we're in a networking event where we're really trying to make good connections, could you give like some tips of like how, what exactly to do like a step-by-step process? So we walk in, um, we definitely want to ask like more of a personal question, but do you just like hop in or like, how do you start the conversation? So that's one thing that I realized too, is that if you're really in the right room, you can show up as exactly who you are Mm -hmm. and it is applauded. It is welcome. It is congratulated. So an example is there is an event that I went to and I don't go to any like wrong events anymore. Thank the Lord. But there are events that I've went to in the past. Yeah. In the past where I go in and right away getting to know people. Hey, how are you? Like my number one tip is come with a friend or come with two friends. So that way you're anchored, almost anchored by that energy and know when you need to leave, set a hard boundary on leaving. Um, especially if it is, uh, not only female or a woman's event, if it also has other energies in there, you can easily get persuaded to staying until like 10 or 11 o'clock when you didn't want to. So like know your boundaries going in, but also bring people if you can, just to provide you with like some other safety and in case you ever have social anxiety and such. But I went to an event a few months ago where for all women, all amazing women, and it was local here. And I had a conversation with a woman where I was asking questions about her. And sometimes they're not really interested about responding, right? Like, oh, I'm just here for fun. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I see that like you got your advanced degree from Cornell. My dream has always been to go there. I'd love to go there to go to get my PhD. Like I want to get it on like, um, like here are the reasons that I want to get in. Well, why would you want to do that? Like, why are you, why would you do that? Like you should be home with your kids. Like, why are you going to go get your PhD? And I was like, well, wrong event, wrong event, wrong wrong event. But now I know that when I'm in the right event and that I went to recently, I go and sit down at a table. I turn to the person next to me. Hey, how are you? Like, what's your Instagram? What's your LinkedIn? Like, what do you do? How can I help you? Is normally my, my first thing that I say. And right away they're like, Oh, thank you. Oh my, I'm so happy you brought that up. Like, this is what I want to do. And okay. What are like, what's your big goal that you have? Like what's something big that you're working on or you could use help with and they're open and the conversation is flowing. So I would say, find whoever it is, it might take like a few people to get to because you always have different personalities at events. But if you're going to sit somewhere or if you're going to grab a drink somewhere, like strike up, strike up, like meaningful conversation with the person next to you, grab their information, grab their business card, and then just keep working the room. Either you then move with that person to go and work the room if they're also alone, or you just go alone and say, Hey, so great meeting you. Like I'm, I'm off to go over there and then just keep 
working the room, but also focus on like who you feel the most drawn to. I always like to approach people after there have been introductions. That way I actually know who's the most beneficial because in reality, if you can leave an event with at least three new contacts, that's a win. Thinking leaving the event knowing 20 people is way too overwhelming and you probably actually can't get to know those 20 people even if you gave the relationships three months, <laughs> it probably wouldn't work. So focus on what you need. And I like to say, like, have your networking roster open of here are the people that I strategically align with. Here are my referral partners that I work with. Here are my collaborators that I work with. Here are the open spots that I have. So like you get to think of yourself as like your own BNI group. <laughs> like I have openings in these departments. I heard that's what you do. Let's chat. Mm -hmm. And that way you can tell right away, like, is this going to work or not? Like, are they open to this or not? Are they even weird that I'm being strategic? No one should be weirded out by people being strategic and saying, I know who you are. I know what you do. Let's partner and let's collaborate together. Like, if you're in this just for fun, then just say that. But like, don't be weirded out by people that do come with you, come to you with like, here's what I'm thinking. Like, let's do this together. And then actually say yes, based on actually wanting to do it. Not saying yes based on, oh, I'm so scared and I meant to do this anyway, so we'll do this together. It's like, mm -hmm. wait, 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 this isn't my first rodeo. If this is your first rodeo, you should probably partner with someone who's also on their first rodeo because the energy is not going to match. It's going to mm -hmm. lag. And I know we mean to do well, but it doesn't always end up doing us well and serving us if we network with people who are nowhere near where where we've worked so hard to get sometimes you just need a partner you know oh well, i have someone who's a few years younger than i am or has less time in business i think you guys are more aligned this is why you know? you and i have always um like riffed on this kind of thing because i think it is this perfect blend of being very much yourself and just being like honest so like what's really going on in life like what does business look like you know what are your what are you actually interested in and really getting to know someone and also at the same time like understanding that you're there for a business purpose so how can you support each other how can you do introductions like how can you give someone a resource and I think that type of blend is it really works well and obviously that's why you have an entire like network so as we like start to close out here today why don't you tell us a little bit about the next generation network and who it's right for Yes, I love, love, love networking, but I also love intentional and intuitive networking. So that's what we do inside NGN. We have bi-weekly virtual networking calls, which are speed networking. So in the beginning, we do our intros. We do special questions that we ask. And then based on what your responses are and based on who I know you are to be, because I get to know all of my members very well, I intuitively place people in rooms that I know that they want to meet each other anyway. Because if I go to your event, and then you just want me to schedule a discovery call with you. Can we just chat at the event? Like, can we just like <laughs> two birds, one stone? Like we're here. Let's spend time, some time together chatting. So that's also the point of NGN. The N NGN isn't a place for you to come in and just get new clients. NGN is a place for you to build long-term relationships, which a lot of people don't know is the hack to getting clients. It's building long-term relationships with people who know you so well that when you're not there, they can actually pitch for you and land you clients. Yes. You know what I mean? And I do that often for my people. My people are like, what do you mean? She happened to call with me and she said she wanted to work with me. I'm like, yes, because I vouched my credit and my reputation. I sold you because I know you so well, because you know me so well. We know each other so well. And so that's really what NGN serves to be. I built it because I couldn't see a place where there were different age ranges. So we have women that are as young as 21, 22, 
the women that are in their 60s, we have women from all different socioeconomic backgrounds. So I am not in the belief that you need to hit a certain income goal to be able to fit in with us. I don't think that that means alignment based on how much you make. Instead, it's based on what your mission is, that you have a mission, that you have a service that you offer, that you have an offer that you provide, website, right, like calendar links. So we kind of have like the whole gamut of women entrepreneurs that then come in and network, and then we all go to events together, and I get us all discounted tickets or free tickets to events. I get them speaking opportunities, you know, podcast opportunities. My saying is any opportunity that's open to me is open to you guys, as long as I get the okay from the initial source and that we're all building together. We're building alongside each other. We get to know each other at like deeply, you know, at a very deep level that these ladies then have like long lasting friendships. And it's so interesting because it's a speed networking format. So meaning, right, we do our intros and then we go into four breakout rooms that are each like seven to eight minutes each. So the purpose of it is get to know them. Is it a fit? Maybe. If not, you'll probably see them on, on our next call or a call next month. And you can keep building with them without having to continuously schedule all these discovery calls. Like, let's get on a coffee chat mm-hmm. again. Let's get on a coffee chat again. It's like, no, just go, like, just come and network here inside NGN. And you guys can keep building. And the deeper they get to know each other, the more opportunities that's present for everyone. And it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing to see the amount of opportunities that have been extended because of giving people all coming together. So it's like just a bunch of givers that then go to events. We create content together. We speak together. We help each other with our events. We sponsor each other's events. It's, it's beautiful. So I'm so happy to see it like continue to grow. Yeah. So how can anybody get involved and where can we find you? This is amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. My, I'm mainly on Instagram, which is no plan B consulting. And then we also have an IG for NGN, which is we are the next generation network. And then on LinkedIn, I'm Gabriella Barrero or my website's no plan B consulting.com. And I have tons of resources. Like I love to share about all about upcoming events that are going on. Um, of grants and funding and different kinds of programming that goes on. So that way, you know that if you can't afford the program, no big deal. Let's get you into another resource that can still help your business grow in the meantime. Amazing. So grateful to know you. So glad that you could be here and tell us about the community. And just like you shared so many good tips about building your network, meaningful relationships. And you said that building long-term relationships is the number one hack to getting new clients. So we'll end it on that. Preach, sister. (laughs) This is a great episode. Thanks, Gabby. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Visibility Era, the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow along with us on Instagram at Visibility on Purpose or jump into our free Facebook community. It's called Visibility on Purpose Community. Please give us a five-star review, rate us, write us a little comment if you feel so inclined. We are so grateful to have you here on this journey with us.